0: Welcome to the Retirement Plan Playbook with Brent Pasqua, Matthew Thiel, and Joshua Wintersweik from RPA Wealth Management. In this podcast, we cover current events, retirement planning strategies, and provide you with the tools to help you build a successful retirement playbook in any political or financial landscape. Join Brent, Matthew, and Joshua as they navigate the issues that can make the later stages of your retirement plan challenging and help you create the best retirement plan playbook. Now, let's get to the show.
1: We are back. Welcome to Retirement Plan Playbook. I'm here with Joshua, Matthew, I'm Brent, a couple of certified financial planners and the founder of RPA Wealth Management. Today, we have a special guest, Kelly Van Evenhoven, who is the founder of Blackstone Realty, And agent who is extremely versed in the real estate market, we have her and excited to have her because she's going to answer a ton of questions on the real estate market today. Uh, We've gotten a lot of questions about where housing is going, where prices are going, when to buy, when to sell, and so we thought we'd bring her on to answer a lot of those questions.
2: Yeah, Brent, I'm really excited to have Kelly on. Um, Before you know, I'm going to take the mic from you and do the warm up question, and. I heard there's a rumor on the streets. You've been playing a lot of golf recently. What's up with that?
1: Well, I wouldn't say a lot of golf. I have played several rounds of golf. I've got a new golf bag and and set of clubs. And I've played with you guys multiple times. I'm not dialed in where I'm very good yet. But uh, it's a work in progress. And I'm working at it. So hopefully I go out and play golf with clients now and not be shagging the ball all around the (laughs) golf course.
3: Just for new listeners, too. Matt and I have been playing golf for a couple of years together now. We started kind of like when COVID Yeah, summer 2020. And uh, Brent kind of didn't want to to join that, that movement. But now you are. I'm really excited uh, that you're kind of joining the golf club. But um, are you
1: enjoying it? That's my question. I am. I'm, it's a little bit frustrating, like I think it is for anybody who plays golf. But also, my son, who's eight, wants to play golf. And I'm super excited to get playing with him on the course. My wife wants to learn how to play golf. I'm excited to play golf with her because I think that would be fun to do as a family. And then my daughter who's six can start to pick up on it also. So I have a lot of, I think, goals and reasons why to play a little golf. Josh and
2: I have a lot of clients who want to play with us. So, you know, with you getting into it, it, sounds like your family wants to get into it. You know, we might need a corporate country club membership.
1: Uh, I don't know if we're at that level <laughs> yet, but maybe
3: we'll see where things go. plug in <laughs> the country club membership. But excited to have you out there, man. It, it is, it's nice to, to golf with you. Yeah, so glad see. you joined the, joined the movement.
1: Yeah, it's nice to be out there. All right, so let's get into the head t- headlines. The Labor Department said the Consumer Price Index, which is a measure of what consumers pays for goods and services, rose 8.5% in July. And that's from the same month a year earlier. This is down from 9.1% in June. Monthly, the CPI was flat in July after raising about, for what, 25 consecutive months, I think? result of, fa- of falling uh, energy prices such as gasoline. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts
2: on this, and I'm sure you do too, Josh. Just first of all, you know, this is something we've, we've been saying for quite a few shows that inflation had peaked and was most likely going to start heading down. We knew this because we follow, like, financial markets. Um, and it trades every day. So we knew oil and gas prices had peaked and they were coming in. I think the one thing that really triggered people was president Biden gave a speech saying that inflation was zero and they're like, well, how could this be? And it's just, most people aren't really good at understanding numbers. And the month over month inflation was zero. There's, there's no change in the inflation rate. And like you were saying, Brent, that's the first time that's happened in 25 months. So that's a really long time, and that's a positive sign that it it was zero. So what that means is prices didn't rise from June to July. They stayed the same.
1: And why do we think that's happening?
2: Um, Oil and gas prices fell. It probably would have been negative if it wasn't for rents.
3: Demand's lower, right? And that's what's driving some of these prices to come down. I think it's positive. Markets reacted positively to this news as well. I don't know if I'm as excited, though, with the headline. Um, just my take on it. It's just because there is still a lot of demand. Unemployment's still really low. Wages are still good. So although it's good news, we're headed in the right direction. We might have peaked here. I just don't know how fast it's going to continue to fall.
2: I, I agree, Josh. And I, I don't think we're out of the woods here on the inflation story. I, th- I definitely think it peaked. So the the was it was at nine point one or or something Brent in June that's I, correct yeah nine point one 9.1. I think that'll be the peak for this like inflation cycle it shouldn't go much higher than that but I think the Federal Reserve is going to have a really tough time breaking it down below the five six percent level
1: was there a lot of predictions that it would happen this fast
2: for people who follow financial markets yes for people who have takes on TikTok and Instagram <laughs> and Twitter and you know your gardener no. They were saying it's going to, you know, be 10, 11, 12, 15%. And, you know, there's going to be hyperinflation and dollars are worthless. And that just wasn't true.
3: And to me, I don't know if it's even considered fast. I mean, we've kind of been in this upward trend of inflation for a while now. So good news that we're finally seeing hopefully a peak.
1: Yeah, hopefully better times are on the horizon.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy that we were able to call this for our clients and give them actual good information here.
1: I agree. All right, let's get into some housing facts. Uh, Zillow's June monthly mortgage payment was $1,613, up 62% year over year. Mortgage purchase and refi actively fell to its lowest level in 22 years. Sales of previously owned homes fell 5.4% in June. And home builder sediment plunged in July to its lowest level since May of 2020. What's happening in the housing market?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, this is why we're excited to have Kelly on the show today because it, to a lot of people, it looks like the housing market's rolling over. Um, I know I was speaking to a client this week who was looking for out-of-state property. He wanted to purchase a rental out-of-state. He was looking in Oklahoma, another area, maybe Kansas or something. And what he was saying was him and his wife were looking for something that and they, they were affordable. They're ready to pull the trigger, but then the prices started dec- declining. And from the time they started looking to now, they're down to ten percent. And he was working with a local agent out, out there who thinks they're gonna fall another ten percent. And so I think in certain markets right now, the 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 housing market is just completely crumbling.
3: There's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, Rates are changing that and all of the data that we saw at the beginning of August from July just isn't good. Yeah. But it's not, you know, really relatable to the rest of twenty twenty two and the previous two years.
2: But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, me, Josh, and you, like we're not the professionals. So I'm really glad Kelly, with all her years of experience, is going to come on and answer a lot of questions for our clients.
1: Me too. Yeah, I'm excited to have her. All right, let's get into the retirement planning corner. Today we have with us Kelly Van Evenhoven, founder and real estate agent from Caldwell Banker Blackstone Realty. Kelly has been serving in the Southern California marketplace for over two decades and has closed over $300 million in real estate transactions. I personally have known Kelly for, gosh, what, over 20 years now? Yeah. And we wanted to have Kelly on as we've been receiving so many questions regarding the real estate market. And we really wanted to have an expert on here to help us really figure out the answers to these questions. As obviously we know through the pandemic and now coming out of it, uh, we're seeing and having a lot of questions in the real estate market. Um, But as we get that kicked off, Kelly, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do?
4: Thank you so much for having me. So I help people buy and sell homes, essentially, and then I train other agents how to help buyers and sellers sell homes.
3: How many agents do you have working for you right now?
4: 167.
3: How many new agents have you brought on this year?
4: We're very selective on the new agent hiring process, but we're at, I think, 25 for this year. There's a big influx of people getting their real estate license.
1: And how did you get into the industry?
4: It's funny you should say that. It was actually my aunt Cheryl was vice president of a local company and she needed some help launching an office in Altaloma. Never heard of that. I was from Newport Beach, so she didn't tell me it was Cucamonga. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, I came out here to help her temporarily and I just found my my passion.
1: What do you love about real estate? Because I think it's so fascinating of an industry.
4: I, I just love it. You know what I love? I've been doing this for our push in 30 years and no day is the same and no two clients or their needs or exact, you know, house or what they're doing is alike. And so there's always so many challenges and I love, and it's not that I look for problems, but I love thinking outside the box and putting things together to make sure that they're, they go smooth. Is it
1: harder now or is it easier now than it used to be? when you started?
4: In some ways it's easier with the technology, right? But in some ways it's more complex and difficult. I think the hardest thing for me is if I did a hundred sales, I knew 80 of the agents on the other end of that transaction. And so your, your reputation meant everything. There was a higher level of integrity where now if I sell a hundred homes, I'm lucky if I know five of them.
1: Wow. Yeah. So just the the number of agents out there has gone way up.
4: Yeah. There was a joke that the police officer pulled somebody over and she handed him the real estate her driver's license. And they said, no, I need your real estate license. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: So what makes your business different from your competitors?
4: I think for us is that we strive for, for knowledge, wisdom. And so we're constantly staying ahead of the market instead of chasing it. So we're more like real estate consultants than an agent. I think that's what makes us different. And then because we work exclusively by referral, when you give me a client, I not only have to do a great job for that client, but if I don't impress you, Brent, then, then my business suffers greatly. Yeah. yeah
1: I think reputation is so important in so many well, industries now, and it's so important in yours also. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big questions I think that we've been hearing a lot about, and we wanted to know, cause I think there's so many people that either weren't able to purchase homes during the pandemic because they just got priced out or they've been, they sold a home and then they've been waiting. They've kind of played that game of I sold it at a high price, how long until the market may be coming down. Mm -hmm. But how are interest rates really impacting the housing market right now with how much the feds have recently raised rates?
4: Well, it's interesting because they raised them at the highest record, like three points inside of what, 30 days. It was so crazy. So that little blip in the market has happened. Now we're kind of, I think really, well, you know what happens with inflation. It's because of government spending, and then they have to implement policies to cover up the government spending. And so they were really trying to put a stop to the real estate appreciation. However, Now you can get an FHA, Vance locked in yesterday for 4.5% FHA, 30-year fixed, no funny market. That's phenomenal.
2: And then what about jumbos? Are are jumbos still pretty attractive?
4: Jumbos can get, it depends on the paper. So if you qualify and you have a W-2 income and you can show that you qualify and you don't write everything off on your taxes, then the interest rates aren't that bad. But there are a huge points additional for things like stated income or, you know what I mean? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: So it's safe to say the market then, I guess, is adjusting to the new rates. and It is. It's not crashing or blowing up like everyone was predicting.
4: No, we're still at a 5.9% increase from year over year from year to date.
3: And what I hear you say is that interest rates are still pretty good. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that the uh, the raise of the interest rates really has kind of made people a little nervous or mm-hmm. uncertain. But again, historically, it's been.
4: Still- They're still phenomenal. I mean, my first house, I did a two to one buy down. where you pay two points to buy down one. And we were happy to get 8%. I mean, I was like, 8%. That's awesome.
3: And all over the Southern California, do you think... Certain areas have been affected a little bit more by the sure. interest rate hike and what areas kind of have stayed more stable?
4: Well, you know, it's interesting. It's mostly it's not necessarily area because I I spent five hours last week running analytics on from all the way to northern California down to southern California. And I think there are spots that are in the middle of nowhere, we would say, that are certainly affected, right? Because it goes to jobs, what jobs are available for affordability. However, in our market, the differences is, is that people say, oh, these price reductions, we see price reductions. But when you really run the analytics, they had no business being at that price to begin with. Where the crazy market, I would literally come in and show comps and say, you should be at, the comps say 700, but I think you can get 725. And the seller would say, well, I want 750. And I say, well, let's try, and you'd get it, and then you'd have to counter no appraisal, leave your kid at the front door, we're going to you know, ransom them off. You, all this craziness, I think, is going to stop, and it's going to come to a more professional, calm market to where buyers can have choices and make educated purchases.
3: The uniqueness is going
1: away over the from the last 2 years. Correct. <laughs> Are you starting right now to see houses sit a little bit longer?
4: Those that need to sit. By you know, before you could put the house on the market and not do your dishes. And they would sell and people just ignored everything, you know, roof leaking, whatever people would just be like, we can fix it. Now you're seeing houses like, for instance, any house I want to buy seems to sell in a minute. So when I put a house on the market, if they're using me, we make sure that it's the best house the buyer has seen all day. That's my, that's my motto. It's like when a buyer walks into your home, they should say, wow, we haven't seen anything like this however that is, whether it's one wow factor you have or that we've staged it or we cleaned it or did something. And so those houses are not sitting on the market.
1: Is there anything else different too about what's happening right now in the housing market versus where it was a year ago when it was so crazy?
4: Well, yes. And it's more of that. Like first instance, buyers would purchase houses without that they shouldn't be buying. They shouldn't, because everybody says, when should I buy? I want to time this. I want to time that. And I always say, look, here's the thing. Date the rate, marry the house. So you should pick the house, no matter what the rate is, as long as you can afford it. You know, I'm not not one, I'm not an advocate for people getting into an adjustable situation that they can't afford if it does adjust. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking a straight rate. And buy well. In every market. So first and foremost, of course, is location. And that's going to be dependent on your affordability, of course, but buy the best location in the area you're looking in. So for me, for instance, rather than me buying south of 4th Street, I would rather go to a different, maybe North Fontana, where the area is better. Does that make sense? So
2: Absolutely. I'm going to steal
3: that line too. D- Date the rate and marry the home. I, yeah, I, I thought that same news out clients for sure. I think it's right in line with what we also do here at RPA Wealth Management, which mm-hmm. is making sure that you also are staying in the home, right, for mm-hmm. a certain amount. You're more right. you marrying the home to so make it. sure
1: that this is a long term decision. I think we've, as a society, become accustomed to just so many different predictions. You know, from one extreme to the other, mm-hmm. and a lot you know, has been said about with rates going up that the housing market could collapse. Is that a possibility right. or is that probably not going to happen?
4: Well, just based on economics, the law of economics, supply and demand is the number one factor. And so when I ran those analytics I told you about, we have an absorption rate of 1% in all, all our areas, okay, surrounding us. So what that means for those listeners that don't understand, I know you you savvy financial investors, but what makes a seller's market or a buyer's market is a seller's market is anything with an inventory of six months or greater supply. So that's the absorption rate is 1% equals one month. Buyer's market is anything over six months. A seller's market is six months or less, right? We're at a one month. So it's an extreme seller's market still. Now, what has been a phenomenon over the last years is that it was a seller's market, no doubt, but the temperature for a buyer or the conditions for a buyer were stellar, like getting 2.9% interest rate. So it caused a little frenzy that we hadn't seen since, you know, since the data goes back to 1958 that I study. So that is what has been so different. Um, did I go off the question? No, you're great. <laughs> did I go you're off correct. the reservation? No. Okay.
1: Yeah. Go ahead.
3: I think that just what you're saying here too is there was positive factors for both the buyer and sellers. Right. right? So just really attractive market for anyone into real estate and the pandemic Mm -hmm. kind of enhanced that as well with people's savings rates that were up and they were in better financial situations and staying at home, not spending so much more money. So they wanted to go out and buy homes and it was good for everybody.
4: Right. Which was what they should be doing all along.
3: Sure. And then I
2: I think a lot of people predicting a collapse probably remember 2006, 2007 yeah. 2008 2009 when the market was collapsing by 30 40 percent yes that was generational yes that's not happening again
4: no it's not because a lot of that was well this last collapse that you're speaking of in 2008 nine all that time was based on a very poor lending market you know you're i don't want to say anything that sounds un. I don't mean this to sound a way, but somebody that is like, for instance, your gardener buying a, a million dollar house. Maybe they didn't qualify for that. You
3: know, affordability.
4: Yeah. Affordability. They it were didn't selling matter. people homes who couldn't afford them. Yeah, exactly.
3: I think that it just and we're not in that same climate. We're not we don't in have that climate. That, we don't have that same problem that we do or we didn't. We don't have that same no. problem today that we did then.
4: 35 percent of all homes in even our area are free and clear. Yeah. Not the same issues. Not the same issues. Now, however, I do say I I can't predict the market because barring another, what if there was another super virus that came out or we go to war with China or we do something that's, you know, I don't know that could affect everything. And at that point you always wonder, well, does it matter? I mean, there's bigger problems at, at hand if that happens. However, I can tell you this, I have never bought a house I regretted buying, and I have never, I've only regretted ones I didn't buy or regretted ones I sold. Like, I wish I could have afforded to keep every single house, because the point is, is that can you buy a house today or in any market in, in your buying time that your grandfather paid? Whatever your grandfather paid, you'll never see that. And likewise, and sadly for our children and our grandchildren, they'll never be able to buy a house like I did my first house at 158000
1: With the way that this market has sort of changed that you're talking about, just the mm-hmm. difference between last year and this year, mm-hmm. if somebody's looking to sell their home, what are their, some advice you would give them before they put it on the market? I mean, are they having to do those dishes now? Are they having to put work into the house? Is it changing how they are putting that house on the market?
4: Each house is different. So I advise them to get a referral, get a great consultant that's really gonna know the market and have a pulse on their local area. Because the comps, you're gonna really have to stick to comps now versus before you didn't. Because if the appraisal didn't come in, they'd be like, well, pay the extra. Now I think you're gonna see that go more normal. So it just depends what is selling in the area now. Nine times out of 10, it is best to do pre-marketing considerations and and make your house look great.
1: If somebody sold their house during the pandemic and they got a good price for it and now mm-hmm. they're thinking about their one year lease on their rental is coming up or they've been in, you know, now they're 6 months into their rental and they want to get out and buy a house. Mm-hmm. Is this a good time for them to be looking to purchase a house and if so, like what should that strategy be like?
4: Oh my goodness, if I was in a rental And I didn't have to, I've never had that luxury. I've always moved from house to house and had to close. But what my optimal... thing. If I could buy a house and living in a rental, I would go find a house that needs some love. So for instance, you might buy a house, even ran some numbers here where you could buy 10 or 20 percent under market value because it smells. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I always say the smell factor. (laughs) When I walk in a house and I'm gagging, I'm like, I've got to buy this. (laughs) You know, it's always the thing. So you can buy something. Now, if you're getting a loan, you have to make sure it can smell, but still is lendable because certain conditions are not right. So I would say I would buy something that just grandma has wallpaper, good bones, everything structurally is fine. But maybe there's some grandma wallpaper, some blue carpet with some purple carpet or whatever, and stay in my stay in my little rental, and then gut the place, do it up and then move into a turnkey home and you're going to make a lot of money.
1: What is a good rental market for somebody to purchase a rental if somebody wants to take some money that they have saved and then mm-hmm. you know a lot of people talk about now passive income and it's become I think a another the next generation is picking up on passive income and they want to have that. Mm-hmm. But if somebody's getting into a market where they're in their primary residence but they want to buy a rental, what is a good sort of market timing. What should they be looking for?
4: Well, like I said, the timing is now. Always, um, I'm always buying rental properties in any market. But you, what happens is, is a lot of people aim for equity and cash flow, and you can't. You have to aim for one or the other. So, what? Where are you? And that's why it's important to have you as financial advisors telling your clients where they are. Are they in a wealth building stage of their life where they need to be building up? you know, wealth, or are they slowing down and they need that cash flow? So if you try to aim for both, so by that, I mean, there's places in our country in like Michigan, Wisconsin, things like that, you can get tremendous cash flow on your rentals, like 12% yield, 12% net. But the equity's not gonna go up very much, right? So your equity, though, if you let's say you buy a house for three hundred thousand, you buy it still well, right? Because you always want to do that. Your initial investment would be seventy eight thousand with twenty percent down, and in the next fifteen years, let's say the market doesn't go up, it just stays the same. You now still had a profit of one hundred eighty seven thousand dollars because that tenant paid down your mortgage. Right. So that could be no cash flow and you're still building up some equity. But I would say if you're trying to find a cash flow, you might be buying so I buy in the high desert, for instance, or outskirts, maybe I'm gonna get more cash flow. But if I wanna buy for an equitable position, I just wanna break even and I know that house is gonna be worth more in thirty years, then I buy location.
1: So there's different strategies that you yeah. look at when buying rentals. One is Absolutely. for cash flow, one could be for appreciation.
4: Yes.
3: I think it's a great point because I feel like even a lot of clients and just people we meet want to hit a home run on every deal.
4: Every deal. Yeah. Singles will get you there too. Yeah, I, never,
2: <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Cash flow versus equity appreciation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sold. Let's do the $300,000 home. Brent, $300, Josh, you guys want to partner on that Are you going for deal?
1: appreciation or are you going for cash flow? Uh, we're going to go for cash flow. No, I want to hit a home run.
3: (laughs) But you know what? It's funny because you guys
4: are lucky because we're in California and we do hit home runs. It's a very rare situation where you can get both a cash flow and appreciation and we get it in California. I just say don't expect it, but you'll, I mean, I've always gotten both.
3: Sure. I think that that makes a good point to the listener too, though, is that, and there's always a good time.
4: Yes, always. Always.
1: I have to imagine that owning rentals, though, comes with its own set of challenges. Mm -hmm. What are those challenges?
4: So it's interesting. I can negotiate fiercely for you. like I'm going to go to war for you. But when it comes to me, I had rentals and they call me and say, I just broke my leg. And I'd say, just skip this month. You know, (laughs) I was, you know, for me, I'm a bleeding heart. So as soon as I put a property manager in place for my own properties, my profits went up. Good tip. Yeah. And I wouldn't raise rent. Like somebody was in my property for twenty years, I never raised the rent. But right. my property manager's like,
2: It's time. Yeah. What's a property manager cost? Is it like a percentage usually
4: well in California, like here we have property management. Um is ten percent, I believe is what it is. I'd have to ask them to be honest. That's not my lane, but I think it's ten percent or a flat fee if it's if the rent's really high.
2: So like if the rent's two
3: thousand, it's ten percent in two thousand. It's
4: like two hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: I think it's good to calculate that too, like when you're running your oh, you analysis and um, saying, you know what, we're just gonna commit to someone managing this for us and calculate that into mm-hmm. what that cash flow ultimately is gonna be. and yeah. you make a better decision.
4: Well, and it's funny you say that because I have an analytics sheet that I always do that shows ROI, cash flow, GRM, all these different things, gross rent multiplier. I, I know I always use acronyms. But I always base it on is this a good deal right now if the rents never go up? And so the great thing is, is when you talk about a market decline, anytime the market declines, so let's say you buy a property and it depreciates a little bit, rents go up. So you then will have more cash flow.
2: And because of inflation, rents are going up right now, correct?
4: Yes, Extremely. Scary. All my kids are going to move back with me. I got to sell my house quick. One bedroom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Downsize. (laughs) Downsize
4: quick. (laughs) So it is
1: good if you do own rental properties to have a property manager in place because it takes the emotional side out of that.
4: Exactly. You have to have the emotional out when you're dealing with investments. You can't be emotional. I'm sure you get that with your clients. Like, I don't want, I want Disney stock because I love Disney, you know, or whatever. You probably should buy the stock that's making you the money, right?
1: Yeah. And we see it with clients that own rentals too, where they they haven't um, raised the rent on those properties in five, seven, 10 years. And Mm -hmm. they're just more worried about losing the rent or they built a relationship with the person renting the home mm -hmm. and they don't want to raise it on them. But at the end of the day, you're not getting fair market value for your rent and your net return isn't what it should be.
4: No. And then that's not helping your family or your big whys or your goals. So that's why getting that little separation, that buffer is so important.
1: So we talked a lot about real estate. What does, and you obviously know that we're retirement planners here. What does your perfect retirement look like?
4: Well, my perfect retirement is Still going to be doing something real estate related, of course, because I love it. My new thing now I do more is flipping and it's because I love redesigning a house. Like I love walking in a choppy house and opening it up and kicking down walls and having my contractor say, you just put a hole in a bearing wall. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we can (laughs) put that back, you know, but I I love that aspect. But my number one thing is 80% of my time I'd like to be philanthropy of some kind really serving
1: so when you walk into a home one more question about flipping I mean when you walk into a home do you can you already see what you could do with it
4: yes every time I walk in now sometimes you change your mind because the contractor says that's really ridiculous you know sometimes you can adapt you have to be flexible and adapt but yes and I love it I love older homes for that reason okay
1: so if a listener wants to get in touch with you what is the best way for them to reach out
4: So they can call at 909-463-3377, and that's our team line. So no matter who's on vacation, who's off, it always is forwarded. You're brave. Why?
2: Giving out your phone number? We have so many listeners, your phone's going to be ringing off the hook. Oh.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the other best way, (laughs) that phone number's now been disconnected. But the other best way is you can email me. My private email is kelly, K-E-L-L-I, at call, C-A-L-L, Kelly. K-E-L-L-I.com. So Kelly at call
1: Perfect. Matt, you put those in the show notes? Yeah, we'll make sure those get in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, we'll attach it to the to the episode and put it in the show notes and get it all set up. Awesome. So well, we appreciate having you and oh my gosh. Uh, it's such great to hear your insight about the real estate market and your expertise. I know I'm sure the listeners are are just so appreciative of being able to hear and answer these questions because like I said earlier, you get so many extremes right now about what can happen in the market, but to get a more less emotional opinion about what the market and the industry looks like, it's very, I think very helpful for a buyer or a seller right now.
4: Well, thank you so much for having me. I mean, you guys are the best in the business, so I feel very honored to be here today.
1: Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's jump into RPA Recommends. Josh, what do you have for us today?
3: Well, staying on the housing topic, uh, I recently was doing a little bit more new work to my backyard at my house and really upped just the visuals back there with some kind of planner up lighting. They have some really cool lights on Amazon. I don't know if you guys have like looked on Amazon or looked up like planner lights. Uh, A lot of options, but definitely give my backyard a pop. So really excited with those. So if you need a refresh or kind of quick, easy improvement to a front yard or backyard, look up some new led lights on amazon
1: maybe you could post a picture when it's done on a retirement plan playbook instagram yeah or on a company instagram that way we could see what the finished product looks like
3: yeah absolutely it just uh, it really made it a lot nicer back there just with the, a couple simple lights that i bought
1: nice ambiance yeah
3: absolutely
2: all right i'm gonna go with top golf today so there's a top golf just opened in ontario and i went there for a business networking event great spot definitely a day event though for me i don't think i'd go there at night but really fun it's not like real golf you're just kind of swinging the golf club and chatting with people there's food there's drinks a cool atmosphere and it's it's nice too for this area it's a nice establishment
1: yeah it's like bowling but for golf
2: yeah but everything's it's brand new the tvs are nice probably a cool spot to watch a game too
1: How's the food ah it was all right yeah first time there i went in vegas but i don't remember it
3: mm,
1: very nice I'm going to stick on the housing also, or something that's related to housing, since we had Kelly on. And it's actually one that came from my wife. She wanted me to let the listeners know also uh, that Christmas time is coming fast. And instead of standing on ladders trying to hang your own Christmas lights, book the people to, to get your Christmas lights hung on your house early. Because if you're like my wife, I think the day after Halloween, I guess our Christmas lights are going up. And if you're going to pay for all that money to have Christmas lights up, you might as well have them up for a while. Well, that's serious, dude. you got to wait till after Thanksgiving. You, you need to get them done Thanksgiving weekend. No, that's not happening in our house. And I don't book it, but she already booked it, and that's November 1st.
3: I think it's a good tip, right? Yeah, like be a early, good tip. early bird. might even get a discount for booking early, right? Right. A lot of people waiting to the last minute. And, yeah.
2: And if you're looking for someone to do this, I use a service like this myself. Let reach out to Brent and I because we we definitely will give you a referral of a really good company that we know that that does the lights. So. I'm good, just good not. Re-
1: I'm not ready to think about Christmas yet. <laughs> I'm not going to stand on a ladder come November, and I'm not going to stand on a ladder at any time. Oh, it's just not for me.
2: Oh, dude, I'm too old for that. Yeah. Like I could barely like walk across the street, you know,
1: (laughs) I can't hang a picture on the wall. So trying to hang Christmas lights. Good luck.
2: I don't don't even
3: own a ladder.
1: (laughs) See, that's why the light thing was easy for me. I just threw them in the planner and made it look better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, as advisors, we love helping people. That's why we'd, if you'd like to schedule an appointment with any of us, please go to rpawealth.com and schedule a complimentary consultation. You can also download our ebook from our website, And if you'd like the show notes, please go to retirementplanplaybook.com. You can also follow us on social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. But as always, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Retirement Plan Playbook. Click the following button to be notified when new episodes become available. To get in touch with our team, call us at 909-296-7977 or visit our website at www.rpawealth.com to schedule a complimentary consultation. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RPA Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice.